Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online for all your website needs at SonicWebStudios.com. The Mike Wagner Show brings you interesting people doing interesting things all across the globe. Now, let's get started on The Mike Wagner Show at TheMikeWagnerShow.com. Hey, it's Mike Wagner and The Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at SonicWebStudios.com for all your needs. If you're looking for a professional website without breaking your budget, Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom designs that blow the competition away. Call today at 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention the Mike Wagner Show. Get 10% on it for first order. Sonic Web Studios. Take your image to the next level. Also, the Mike Wagner Show can be heard on the themikewagnershow.com. Also on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Show. Also heard on SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And take the Mike Wagner Show wherever you go. Okay, we had this gentleman on before talking about his book, Memoir of Nobody. He's also had some great experience for The Tonight Show. Also headlined a number of uh, acts throughout the country. And we're here to continue talking about it. He also has some other books. And, of course, a very, very big review from a big company. And, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. The pride of Los Angeles, and I'm sure John Carson would be proud by now, <laughs> Steve Bluestein. Steve, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us once again. Oh, thanks. I hope I can live up to the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you could do a better one than I did. I dare you to do it next no, time you it the road. Was, it was great. It, you know, I don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why you got the book, A Memoir of a Nobody, but we'll make us something out of it. Of course, you've been a comedian and writer for a number of years, and you come out with a book called Memoir of a Nobody. We talked about the book and how it's evolved, how you got started and everything. And first, before we get a little more into the book, uh, tell us all about the book once again, what inspired you to write the book. Well, you know, I, I was having a really miserable day at my house, and uh, the garage door had collapsed on my car, and... And uh, the gardener, the uh, carpenter got trapped inside and he couldn't get out. And, and uh, in the middle of all this, the phone rang and it was Carol Prop, who was uh, the casting director. Who, she cast the Tonys. And she and I had worked on a show together, so we were friends. So she said, hey, Steve, how's it going? And I started telling her about what was going on. And she was laughing hysterically. And she said to me, you have to, you have to write a book. And like a light went on in my head that this is a great idea. And so I sat down that day and I began writing and I started, I read, I wrote for three years, wow. every uh, five days a week. And the book, it started off 
telling things that were happening, my funny stories that happened in my life. Then it moved into um, opening act, you know, being the opening act for Donna Summer, Barry Manilow, Melissa Manchester, Kenny Loggins, Frankie Valli, uh, Frankie Avalon. I mean, all the all these acts. And then as the book developed, I started sharing about personal stuff, about my um, growing up and how you know miserable it had been for me as a child and being homeless with my mom and all that. And um, I, when I put them all together, in, you know, in a in in a line on, in the book, and I sent it off to a publisher, and and to my surprise, because I didn't know that anyone would find it interesting, they 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 said they would publish it, and it the book just took off. I, I mean, it just took off. It has fifty seven five star reviews on Amazon. It was. Uh, the first week it was out, it was in the top 100. Then it was in the top 10 uh, books. And it continues to sell. But the greatest thing that happened was uh, 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 right after New Year's, uh, ABC News uh, did a book reviews, uh, picked five of their favorite books of 2018. And my book was one of them. Memoir of a Nobody. Yeah. And I was so, you know, I have a friend, Rich Ross, and he's a comedy writer who uh, I worked on a couple of shows with, but he's really good at Photoshopping. So he'll take my book and he'll put it in Oprah's hand or he'll put it in Gandhi's hand or he'll put it on on, uh, 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 the Statue of Liberty. You know, so (laughs) we have 30 or 40 of these funny pictures of people who have never seen my book holding my book. And when I saw the picture of my book on a shelf next to Eric Idle's and, and uh, other famous authors, I thought it was Rich Ross. And I called him and I said, hey, that's really funny. He said, what's really funny? I said, the, the putting the book on ABC. He said, I didn't put your book on ABC. And it was then I realized that ABC had actually chosen my book as one of the five top for 2018. I was just blown away. Just blown away. That is amazing. Now, was it actually um, number one, or where did it place about? Uh, You know, I don't know, because the book, book selling is so strange. It changes from day to day. You can be number three on Monday and number... 303 on Tuesday, depending on how other books sell. So um, I, I never really, in the first week, I know it was in the top 10, the first week, and then it dropped down to like the first 100. But on uh, Amazon, there are 8 million books on Amazon. My book is like in the top one third of those 800. Nice. So 8 million, I mean. Yeah, it's really wonderful and so rewarding. You know, it's it's strange, too, because people will write me and they'll say, uh, I read this story, I laughed so hard, I, I almost wet my pants. And <laughs> so I'll go back and I'll read the story. And I'll, I, I, and I'll look at, I'll look at the, I'll read the story and I'll say, why, what did they find so funny? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm sure some... It's, I'm sure somebody could figure that out, too. And, of course, before we get to some of your uh, 
favorite chapters and also um, people you've worked with as well, too. Any plans for a sequel? Uh, yes, there is a sequel out already. It's called 49 and a Half Shades of Blue Stein. Um, and it's available on lulu.com, L-U-L-U. I haven't submitted that book to publishers yet. I self-published that one. And the third book, which is called Take My Prostate, Please, <laughs> is, um, is uh, being shopped around right now. So uh, it's, it's really rewarding. I, I, I have a great agent. My agent is Diane Nine out of uh, Washington, D.C., and she has Cindy Williams and a bunch of other great you know, uh, political figures. So I was quite honored that she took me on as a client. That is amazing. And uh, what inspired you to get into comedy, and who would you consider biggest influence in comedy? Uh, what was the first part of the question? Uh, what got you inspired into comedy? Oh, well, it's, a, it's an interesting story. Um, I, 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 am, I am genetically funny. There's just no other way to put it. I just see the world differently. And I have been that way since I was five years old. You know, I, I just, when the family would be sitting around, I would be the one making everybody laugh. When I moved to California, I moved into one of these apartment buildings with um, a central swimming pool and all the units were, would face the pool. And on my day off, because I was an assistant buyer at the May Company in Budget Ladies Handbags, uh, on my day off, I'd be around the pool and I'd be making people laugh, you know, not trying to make them laugh, but just telling a story, I would be making them laugh. One of the people who lived in the apartment building was Dave Madden, who was Reuben on the Partridge family. Amazing. And he said, yeah, he said to me, Steve, you could do this professionally. And there's a new club that just opened up on the strip that's called the Comedy Store, and you should go there. This was about 19, late 1971. Mm -hmm. And the very next night, Dave Madden and Albert Hammond, who later went on to It Never Rains in Southern California and win an Emmy and be in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, the two of them took me to the comedy store. And I sat in the audience watching what was going on on stage, and I thought, I can do that. And the next week, I went back, and I got on stage, and Sammy Shore, who owned the club at the time before Mitzi had taken it over, Sammy Shore came over to me and she said, he said, keep coming back, kid. You got the sound. You have the sound. And what he meant was, I have the sound of a comedian. You know, uh, the confidence and the rhythm and the timing of a comedian. And so I did come back. And... I was there in the very beginning with, you know, all the comedians. I think there were 40 of us, maybe. Now there are 40,000 comedians. But back then it was Jay Leno and, and Elaine Boozler and Tom Dreesen and Jeff Altman and George Miller and Kip Adada and uh, who else? Maureen Murphy, and you know, who just, we just lost last week. Mm -hmm. uh, dear, dear, dear woman. Uh, a wonderful comedian who I, who I had first seen in Greenwich Village in 1968. Oh my goodness! I saw her before when I was just graduated from college. So yeah, and, and so I was on the ground floor of what later became the comedy boom. 
you know, uh, there was only one comedy club in the country, and that was the Comedy Store. Now, the improv was in New York City, but it did music. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And comedy. Mm-hmm. The comedy store was specifically for comics. And that's where this, every comedy club in every city and every, you know, every state in this country and basically around the world now, because they're in Australia and England and Canada. Um, that's where they, they, they got the format of how to run a club. That is amazing. And what do you think about today's comics in today's society? Oh, don't ask me that. I, <laughs> I, I'm not, you know, when we started, it was a craft. You know, we worked on it. We honed it. I would work on a joke for a week. And I, I remember specifically working in a, in a club and a waitress coming up to me and saying, I can't believe you've told that same joke every night with different punchline. And I said, yeah, I'm trying to find the right word to make, you know, to get the biggest laugh. I mean, it was a craft. And today, my cleaning woman can do three minutes. You know, I mean, everybody thinks they're a comedian and they do it not so much for the craft, but to be seen and to be discovered. Um, but most of them are, uh, they sound the same to mm-hmm. me. Um, they are all talking about the same uh, subjects and in the same type of rhythm in you know, in previous generations, we learned from people who learned how to do comedy by being in vaudeville, you know, by being in movies, by going on the road, by working in the Catskills, wherever. That's, and, and we learned from those people. Today's comics are learning from each other. Mm-hmm. And so everybody sounds the same. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, having YouTube and Netflix and everything like that. So do you think the um, outlets for comedy are are much easier to access? Or is it just simply like you think it's going to be like, you know, cheap, refined and whatever else, you know? Well, you you know, it's like it's like if you have a fine wine and you add water to it, you know, you don't have the same body and the taste and the richness that you had if you had the concentrated wine. Well, with all these outlets, it's just everybody who has a camera is standing in front of the camera. I mean, I see people, everyone's in their car talking to the camera. Everyone is putting on makeup. Everyone, you know, everybody thinks they're, they're um, a star. And it, I don't think that there is the quality of acts that there were let's say 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's just become watered down. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you know, people like you are um, trying to make a comeback and everything else. We'll get to some of the stars in your book in just a minute. Right now, you're listening to The Mike Wagner Show on themikewagnershow.com with comedian Steve Bluestein, powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all of your needs. If you're looking for preference, 
Looking for a professional website without breaking your budget? Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable, custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today at 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention the Mike Wagner Show and get 10% off your first order. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, the Mike Wagner Show can be heard on themikewagnershow.com. Also on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash themikewagnershow. You can also access online at SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio and take the Mike Wagner Show wherever you go. We're here with comedian Steve Lustein, the author of the book Memoir of Nobody, and he was talking about his uh, background and how he got started. And let's get to some of the um, chapters as well, too. We'll run a few over, and uh, we, we have had some on the last interview, maybe a little fresher. And what's it like working with Frankie Valley? Oh, Frankie Valley was wonderful. I mean, you know, I was raised on his music, mm-hmm. uh, Big Girls Don't Cry and all his other big hits. And so for me, it was a joy to work with Frankie Valley and then open for him and then run out in the audience and sit with the audience and watch the show. And I did it every night because the music, it, you know, was wonderful. And Frankie, you know, Frankie is a, was a really nice guy. And uh, we would go out for coffee afterwards. And, and about mm, maybe 10 years later, I was on a plane first, in first class. And I looked over and Frankie was sitting across from me. And Frankie, and he looked over and he went, Steve. And, you know, and he was, it was just a wonderful experience. It really was. It sounds like it, too. And also another Frankie that you worked with, uh, Frankie Avalon. What's it like working with him and headlining? Oh, you know, well, Frankie has, Frankie Avalon has a very, very special place in my heart because um, w- when I was just starting out, when I was not very good, when I had maybe been doing comedy for six months, I went out to a club way, way out in the valley to try it, break in some new material. And um, two people came in late and sat down. And I couldn't see who they were, but I, I just dropped my material and just started talking to them and working with them and you know laughing. And when I got off the stage, it turned out it was Frankie Avalon and his wife. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, and he said... I said, oh, my God, Frankie, I was awful. He said, no, you were hilarious. Don't be ridiculous. I said, no, it was, it was awful, awful, awful. About two years later, Frankie and I were with the same agency, ICM, and he was on the road, and they used me as Frankie's opening act. So when I got, we opened at the, in Chicago at uh, the Blue Max, and at the Hyatt in Chicago and Frankie was checking in and I walked up next to him and I said, guess what? He said, what? I said, I'm your opening act. And he went, you're kidding. And <laughs> he was just, you know, he says, I can't believe. And then he turned to his musical director, uh, Vic. And he said, Vic, I saw this kid when he was bombing in the Valley and now he's opening for us. You know, so it was, you know, it was great. And he was, you know, Frankie uh, said to me when I, hey, I'm going to a wedding. You want to come? <laughs> I said, sure. So we went to this wedding and it was like a mafia wedding. And when I saw The Godfather, I went, 
oh my God, I was at that wedding. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, with Frankie Avalon. And he invited me out to his house and I, you know, I met his kids and I know his, I met his wife, just a really nice guy, a, you know, really nice. There's only been a couple of really can I say shits that I worked with that I hope I never run into again? One is dead, which is really terrific as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, everybody else has been truly wonderful. And I, I, I collect these people in my life, you know, like, like I say, like jewels on a, on a tiara. Each one is, is great by itself, but you put them all together and it's a wonderful thing. And, and so that's, Yes, that's my Frankie Avalon story. It does sound wonderful, too. And, of course, a similar scenario you have with Barry Manilow where you had something happen right in front of you, but it was a much different circumstance. Maybe you can tell me all about when you opened for Barry Manilow. Well, when I opened for Barry, it was, uh, uh, it was at the Riviera, which is no longer there. Um, and uh, I got to the hotel, and the marquee said, Barry! And underneath that, it said roast beef, $3.50. $3. And I called my agent. He said, I'm sorry, there's no, there's no billing. Barry only wants his name up there. So on stage one night, I said, I can't tell you what a, what a thrill it is to see the roast beef up there, but not mine. But opening night, um, uh, I was talking about natural childbirth. And in the middle of the piece, I heard someone say, Steve, get a, get a doctor. And I went, oh, God, no, not tonight. And not tonight because this was Barry's world premiere. I mean, the world was there. The world press was there. Every reviewer from every town, every country was in the sitting in the audience. And I'm saying, oh, God, not a heckler, not tonight. And the, I hear the voice again say, Steve, get a doctor. And I look down, and the young lady is having an epileptic fit seizure right in front of me. Oh, my gosh. So I, I stopped the show. I said, can we bring up the house lights? And they bring up the house lights. I do, is there a doctor in the house? And the doctors come in. Now the paramedics come in, and the, and the people are standing up and getting out of the way. And the, they bring the gurney down, and they pick the girl up, and they put her on the gurney, and they take – her out of the place and people sit down and the house lights come on and the spotlight comes up and I go, Oh shit. What do I do now? And I did out of self-preservation. I just looked at the audience and I said, you know what? I don't think it's appropriate to do comedy now. Why don't we take a few minute break and we'll bring on Mr. Manilow. And I left the stage thinking that I had just blown the opportunity of a lifetime. And I went to my dressing room and just sat down and cried. And it turned out that the press thought it was the classiest thing that they'd ever seen a comic do. And I got rave reviews all over, rave reviews. One of the reviewers said that Blue Stein and Manilow share the stage like corned beef and cabbage, you know, it was like, <laughs> you know, it was like we, we were meant to be together. And, uh, Mike Douglas, one of the reviewers, uh, was from Philadelphia. She was doing the Mike Douglas show and she asked the Mike Douglas show if they could bring me on, which they did. And I, so from, you know, from lemons, I'm, we got lemonade and it was really, 
quite interesting, quite wonderful, quite wonderful. Corned beef and cabbage and lemony. You're making me hungry and thirsty I at know. the same time. <laughs> Does Barry <laughs> Manilow eat corned beef and cabbage? I don't know what Barry is. <laughs> I, I, I think he's vegan. I'm not sure. I- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, speaking of the pairing as well, too, we also have Seals and Cross, which go very well together. They can tell us about the dynamic duo. Well, I, uh, I had gone to Emerson College, and one of my dear friends at Emerson was Susan Herzberg, who, when we graduated college, she moved to New York City. Well, she was originally from New York City. She was from Manhattan, and she went back home, and I, was, of course, was living in Manhattan at the time. And she worked for a company called IFA, International, I don't know what the letters stand for, Agency, Internet. I, I can't remember what the IFA said, but it was uh, one of the big agencies like William Morris. And this new act came in called Seals and Crop. So she calls me one night and she says, come on, we're going to go down the village gate. We're going to see Seals and Crop. So I said, Who, what's a Seals and Crop? She said, just come with me. So we go down to the village gate and it wasn't in like the main room, but in the back room where everyone was seated on the floor, not even at tables and chairs. And Dash and Jimmy come out and suddenly fill this room with the most magical music I had ever heard. I mean, we'd never heard harmonies like that or a mandolin being played, you know, in, for contemporary music. All right. So when we leave the theater, the, I mean, the, the club, Susan says, I'm going to work for them. And, I, you know, and what Susan says, Susan does. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it might be six weeks later, she called me up and says, I'm Marsha Day's assistant now. Nice. Now, Marsha Day, Day was Sills and Croft's manager. They moved out to California. Susan moved out to California. Then I followed Susan to California. And uh, we, she was heavily involved with Sills and Croft. And so I was heavily involved with Sills and Croft because I was always with Susan. Well, they, they went on tour. And they needed an opening act. And Marsha said, why don't we use Steve? Because it, we were like a family. And they were with ICM and I was with ICM. And so that's how that happened. We, and I toured with them all over the country. And we ended up in Las Vegas, I believe, at, at the MGM Grand. And uh, it, it, one of the great highlights of my years on the road was one night Seals and Croft pulled me out on stage and let me sing back up with them. Nice. Which I had always, which I had always wanted to do, you know, sounds like you must've been a pretty good hummingbird. I, I could say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, at that, you know, I don't know if you can tell I'm a little hoarse now, but it's because I'm old, mm-hmm. but as a youngster, I had a very good voice. You know, I could really carry it. Too. Right. Right, I can imagine, too, and of course, you know, being magical up there with Seals and Crofts, and speaking of magic, uh, you've been up there with David Copperfield, can you tell a little bit about him? Well, is, 
David, David, I was at the turn of the century in Denver, Colorado, and I was opening for, it may have, it may have been Lola Falana. Okay. And David was coming in the following week. So his equipment gets shipped in a week early. All right. So David was there a week early with the equipment. And the manager of the club takes David's headshot and my headshot and puts them next to each other and says to me, look at this. You could be brothers. And it was true. We looked very much alike. So when David came in, I said to him, look, we're, uh, we may be related. And we, we became friends. We became friends on the road. And then he, um, he uh, moved uh, he was in Los Angeles, and I would come to his house, and he would come to my house, and and one day he said, "I'm doing a special, and I need a, I I need a really big effect." And I said, "Well, you're going to New York. Why don't you, why don't you make the Rockettes disappear?" <laughs> and he said, "What a great idea!" But he, I don't think they could get the Rockettes, so he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Yeah, that's so, all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and then, you know, but then David became, you know, as in most people in show business, you know, you're together for a short period of time, you become very close friends, and then your careers or your life take you in different directions. So David, you know, went to Vegas, I was on the road, and then, you know, you drift apart. So I haven't seen David in years. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a magical story that you have, too. We'll get to uh, a few more of your uh, people right here. Right now, you're listening to The Mike Wagner Show at themikewagnershow.com, powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all your needs. Looking for a professional website without breaking your budget? Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable, custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today at 1-800-303-3960 or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention the Mike Wagner Show. Get 10% off your first order. Sonic Web Studios. Take your image to the next level. Also, the Mike Wagner Show can be heard on themikewagnershow.com. Also on Facebook at facebook.com slash themikewagnershow. You can also download and listen on SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We continue with comedian Steve Bluestein, the author of Memoir of a Nobody. You know, before we get to um, some of his latest ventures, just uh, a few more people before we, um, you know, start wrapping things up. We'll get into some contemporaries right here. And of course, Kathy uh, Griffin also made some news with her, with her stunt involving Donald Trump. And you've worked with her for a little bit too. Maybe you can uh, tell a little bit about her. Well, you know, Kathy, I, I, when I was at the comedy store, there was a, a a man. There was a group called the Comedy Store Players, and they were an improv group that would come on in between some of the comedians. And uh, one of the members of the Comedy Store Players was Gary Austin, and Gary started a workshop, which later, which I joined. I was in the very beginning of the workshop, maybe the first night, and Gary's workshop later went on to become the Groundling Theater, which is one of the top theater companies, comedy theater companies in Los Angeles, and Saturday Night Live, and, you know, Phil Hartman, and um, all these people uh, were from the Groundlings. Uh, and Kathy Griffin 
was a groundling. So we would work together at the groundlings. And one night she comes up to me and she says, hey, Steve, guess what? I said, what? She says, I'm, I'm going to start doing stand-up. And I went, oh, Kathy, no, don't do stand-up. What do you want to be on the – because I had been doing it now for years. I said, no, I don't want to – you'll be on the road. It'll be nightmare. Well, little did I know that she was going to create her own art form of stand-up and create such a huge following. Um, she's just magnificent and the most – most ambitious person I've ever seen. And when she had the problem with Donald Trump, I, my heart broke because I knew how hard she had worked to get where she was. And, you know, and, and to lose it because of Trump is, was, was uh, really sad, really mm -hmm. just sad for me. Mm -hmm. But she's, she's resilient and she's coming back and her last tour sold out and her, you know, and so... You wait and see. She'll be back with um, with uh, Anderson Cooper on, on New Year's. You wait and see, because the last New Year's show was just abysmal. So mm -hmm. it, it, there's a chemistry that Kathy and Anderson Cooper have that that just wasn't there this time. Right, that's understandable too. We'll be looking for her on that, and also another. Um, female comic that was also groundbreaking, Rosie O'Donnell. You had some uh, praise for her. Maybe uh, tell a little bit about her as well. Well, you know, Rosie was a, a working comic. I, you know, she was in the clubs when I was in the clubs, and she, um, she, uh, uh, she, I'm trying to think. She was, she was headlining at a place in New York City uh, called... A woman's name. I can't remember the name. Caroline's. Yeah, mm -hmm. She worked at Caroline's in New York. And the, the, uh, the uh, uh, hold on, my dog is having a nightmare. Wake up, Louie. <laughs> Tell Louie a joke or something. <laughs> Louie, wake up. He's just he's sitting next to me barking at nothing. Um, so she was working at Caroline's. And I... Uh, was auditioning for the David Letterman show, which was, you know, David had seen me work every night for three years at the comedy store. But when he got a television show, it was out of his hands and it had to go through the, so I was auditioning for David that night. Well, Rosie was the headliner and I, I chose, I, because I wanted to be in New York, I chose to be an opening act, which I usually wouldn't do. I'd usually be the headliner. Uh, and Rosie attracted a heavy lesbian crowd, and it was a Tuesday night, so in the audience were three lesbians, and that's about it, and they were there to see Rosie, and it, and, the, and that's the night that the Letterman Show came to see me. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she was just so wonderfully consoling. You know, she said, don't worry about it. They'll see how funny you are, blah, blah, blah. And then when she had her uh, stand-up show, she used me a few times on the show. But, uh, again, she's really gone on to great heights, and I'm thrilled. You know, I really am thrilled. Mm -hmm. That's a very good thing, too. And, of course, um, lastly, um, a great comedian and also a really good writer with Laverne Shirley. She starred in it. She passed away last year. Penny Marshall, I'm sure you had some uh, pretty good memories working with her, and what's it like oh, working with her? Penny was Penny was just what you saw is what you got, 
and she was a wonderful person. And, you know, Penny Marshall and uh, uh, Fisher, Carrie Fisher, had birthdays very close together. And so they would have these parties, these birthday parties, but it's not wasn't just a birthday party like you and I have with clam dip and chips. It was 500 people, and it, the 500 people were the top A-list stars in town, the top A-list directors in town. So you'd go there and you'd see Spielberg and Scorsese and uh, and uh, and anybody. You know, and everybody in comedy, all the the top people, Cindy Williams, uh, uh, Richard Lewis, uh, I mean, everybody was there. And I, I got to, I was taken to the party by Monica, Monica Johnson, who was a producer on Laverne and Shirley and a dear friend of mine for, you know, decades from the comedy store years. And the, you know, the, the sad part of my life and I guess it's about getting older is now Carrie Penny and Monica are all gone mm-hmm. they uh, all passed away within three years of each other and it's like the end of an era it's closure it's um, it's sad because there's there's a part of my life missing that I miss I loved Monica uh, with all my heart and I miss hearing that voice. She was, she was, she was certifiably insane. One night I was working at a club somewhere in town, and she said, "I'm," and she spoke very breathy. Hi, Steve. I'm going to come to your show tonight. And I went, "Oh, great, Monica." So she's wait for me out front. So I waited for her out front, and she pulled up, and I and I saw her pull up, and I said, "Okay." You're here. So I went inside to get ready for the show. And I did the show. It was a great show. And I got off stage and Monica wasn't there. So I said, I called her the next morning. I said, what happened? She said, oh, I said I'd come to see you. And I figured that since you saw me come to see you, that was enough. (laughs) (laughs) I said, you didn't come inside to see the show? No. Why? You saw me. I mean, that was Monica. She was insane, and I loved her for being that insane. <laughs> Sounds like you got a great inspiration as well, too. And, of course, uh, of all the places you played at, uh, what would you consider your favorite city and your favorite venue? Oh, that's a good question. My favorite city, let's see, my favorite city. You can do a top five if to you be- want. No, my favorite city would have to be Sydney, Australia. And my favorite venue there was at Kinsella's. I did a show there for three months. And I, I, I fell in love with the city. I fell in love with the people. I, uh, it was the most rewarding uh, experience of my life. And to this day... I still have friends in Australia who are like family to me. If coming next after that would be Indianapolis. The I love working the Midwest. I love working the Midwest. The people are so nice and they're so warm and they enjoy uh, comedy. Uh, after that would be Houston, 
where they're just raucous and they love to laugh. And, <laughs> and I had some fantastic shows in Houston. So those are my top three. And lastly, who would you consider your biggest influence? Wow. Um, you know, I loved Red Skelton. Now, that's strange to hear, but I did. I loved because he was not only a comedian, he was an actor, he was a mime, but he had heart. When he, at the end of his show, when he would say, God bless, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you know he meant it. Um, and from the stories that I've heard about him, he was the person that you saw. Many of them are not. Many of them are, there's a character that they play and then there's the person. But a Red Skelton was uh, very much the person he, he portrayed himself to be. And I never got to meet him, but he was a great influence. As a child, I always watched his shows. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. He's one of my favorites as well, too. And of course, we know you're busy before we let you go here. And tell us if you have any upcoming projects and what's your website and how can people reach you? All right. So my website is stevebluestein.net. Uh, and uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter at Steve Bluestein, B-L-U-E-S-T-E-I-N, Stein. Mm-hmm. Um, my my project, uh, I'm working my play, Rest in Pieces. We're going to be doing another stage reading in New York City in the spring. Uh, we're, I'm working to get that uh, into on stage in New York. Um, of course, Memoir of a Nobody is available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, iBook, eBook, Nook, Kindle, um, and uh, uh, and I, I, I urge people to buy that because uh, the 57 five-star reviews uh, have been very rewarding, and, I'm, and I, I'm sure that people will enjoy it if they, if they take the time to buy the book. After all, it was, uh, by, it was ABC that called the top five, and, and your two other books are on Amazon, and also where else can they purchase? Um. Well, I'll come to the house and read it if they're if they pay me enough money. But um, but the the other book is Forty Nine and a Half Shades of Blue Stein, and then the third book, which is not available yet, is Take My Prostate Please, and that uh, chronicles my uh, my uh, bi- battle of prostate cancer, and it's a fairly uh, morbid subject, which my agent said. Only you could have made prostate cancer funny. And so uh, we're waiting to see if a, if a uh, publisher will pick that up. All and right. I'm not doing stand-up on the road very much. I just did the Palm Springs uh, Comedy Festival, and uh, that was the first time I had worked in a long time. But I, I, you know, I will do stand-up if... if I, if if it's a big venue and with lots of money and because you know after 30 years of being on the road it's tiring right and you know i just i have a very nice life sitting here in my living room <laughs> well, well the road is like say from the living room to the kitchen to the bathroom and front and front porch you know that's probably road trip enough for you <laughs> yeah I, you you bet you bet uh and uh, and um you know, I'm selling this house, and 
everything in my life is an adventure. So I'm selling this house. This is a true story. And uh, so the the first night of the open house, which is for the brokers to come and see the house, uh, the the caterer comes with the food, and valet parkers are in the street for the for the cars. And we're sitting in the living room, and the broker says to me, "Do you smell smoke?" And I said, "Yeah." And I go to the window, and the hill across the street from me is on fire. Oh no! So now. I listen. So now the fire trucks are coming, the big fire trucks, and they're pulling hoses, and guys are running up down the hill. And now the water dropping helicopters are over my house, and they're dropping water, and you know, and, and the noise. And and I turned to the broker and I said, you know, I don't know a lot about real estate, but I don't think this is going to help. <laughs> so, so yeah, so. We had a fire the night, the first night, and it's been like that almost every open house since. Or, or maybe Not the fire, fires, or maybe firefighters want to come by and take a look. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or they say I'm you're the hot comic. The... So, <laughs> yeah. all right, all I'm right. Running around to the fire department is going. Hey, you guys interested in a house? Hey, it's hot property. They say so. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, we, it, the house was picked as L.A. Times Hot Property of the Week. So, uh, it's no, it's true. There's a in the real estate section they have hot properties, and and they did a wonderful article about the house because uh, it's um, it was on HGTV, and it's it kind of special, like architectural house. So, um, but I'm 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 going to move to Palm Springs permanently. So, you know, it's sort of going into retirement. I mean, I will never retire. I'll always be writing something or working on something. I, as a matter of fact, uh, I've just been contacted about writing a, a play for a, a theater in Palm Springs and at the same time was contacted about writing a show in, in Las Vegas. So I'll always be working on something. But uh, I, I, I said this year has been the busiest year of my retirement I, if I was this busy when I was working, I wouldn't have to retire. <laughs> that is true. And, of course, uh, mind if I ask, how much you sell in the house for? Uh, well, it's listed for a million six. A million six. And I'm sure they'll contact you on Facebook and the um, your website as well, too. So, Steve, I'd like to wish yeah. you all the best. I'd like to have you on again. Thank you very much for your time and look forward to having you on again soon. Oh, listen, it's my pleasure. It's always great talking with you. You've been listening to The Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios at themikewagnershow.com. Visit sonicwebstudios.com today for all your web design needs. If you would like to be a sponsor of The Mike Wagner Show, call or text at 701-301-7705 or email to mike at themikewagnershow.com. If you're a listener and would like to support our program, visit themikewagnershow.com and click on the support button and donate today. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time on The Mike Wagner Show at themikewagnershow.com.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.